This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Oftentimes, uh, we have issues uh, that we can't always share uh, with others, and sometimes we don't know where to turn uh, to ask about those questions. And, and today's topic is one that uh, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, feel that way about, and it's it's a topic uh, that has to do with marriage uh, issues, struggles that have to do either with trying to get married or. Um, or, or, or what happens after and when things don't necessarily work out as well. Uh, so inshallah, if you can, uh, go ahead and write your questions uh, in the chat box, join the discussion. Also, uh, you can continue to send your questions to serenity at onelegacyradio.com. That's serenity at onelegacyradio.com. To begin with, uh, we will, I want to sort of put things into perspective inshallah with regards to marriage and 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 talk about where i think that we may have sort of gone off track with the way that we view marriage in our society and in our communities a lot of times and this is something i think people especially those who are who are not yet married have faced a lot of times we interpret marriage as somewhat of a an ending in and of itself, as the goal, as the ultimate uh, place that we want to go to. And in that way, what ends up happening is that those people who are not yet married or maybe those people who were married and it didn't work out, they are made to feel that they're somehow incomplete in some way or um, they haven't really fulfilled their 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 full purpose yet and the question that you know as soon as uh, those people who are in this situation probably know what I mean that uh, as soon as you know someone sees them from the community or um, a friend usually it's an it's an older auntie or or something of the sort the first thing that that you know they ask them when are you going to get married or it you know the, the the conversation tends to revolve around marriage and while this can be very innocent, of course, I think that it's indicative of a, of a deeper issue, and and that is that we really have, uh, especially for women, have made marriage almost as if that's our final goal in life, that that's our final destination in life, and and even it becomes a purpose for which we we live our lives, and 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 you can see the focus becomes so strong that it's it becomes almost an obsession, not just an obsession for the person themselves, but for those around them, their family members, their friends, and the everything revolves around um, what are you, when are you going to get married? What are you going to do in order to get married? What are you not going to do in order to get married? As if marriage was the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us on this earth, as if marriage was the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us to begin with, 
and it isn't. Um, and, and a lot of people will then bring up the hadith, which inshallah I'll talk about, that marriage is half your deen. Uh, yes, it, alhamdulillah, marriage is definitely uh, a means to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I, and I can say that uh, of all the ways to build your deen, there are few that are more effective than marriage, for sure. Uh, for example, um, you know, we, we learn in our deen about the concept of patience. We learn in our deen about the concept of sacrifice. We learn in our deen uh, about the concept of putting others' needs maybe before ours. These are all concepts and they remain conceptual so long as they're not tested, so long as they're not built Marriage is really an institution and an opportunity to not just have these be concepts, but they're things that become tested. Uh, your your patience will become tested in marriage. Your 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 um, your sacrifice, your selflessness, your ability to sacrifice what you want, uh, your ability to compromise for the sake of another person is tested uh, through marriage. There are a lot of uh, virtues. A lot of virtues, Islamic virtues that are, are definitely tested in marriage and definitely can be built in marriage. And so I would say that, that, that you know, this, this idea of, of marriage being half our deen is extremely profound and true. And, and another way of looking at it is that marriage is a character builder. Uh, it, it builds up half of your deen. I mean, if, if, if you were to look at how much you gain potentially from the exercise of being married, uh, because it it is a challenge in many cases, it, it can definitely build your character, um, inshallah. However, we're talking now about purpose. We're talking now about ultimate focus and ultimate goals, and you'll you'll see uh, the you know some of the indications in our experiences with the community and 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 with our families of of how this becomes no longer just a means to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but it becomes the end itself marriage has become no longer just a means but has become the end itself the problem with doing that there are many many consequential you know there are many many consequences for for doing that one of the consequences is as we spoke those people who are not yet married or who who are no longer married because it didn't work out uh, or or because their their spouse passed away those people are made to feel uh, sort of almost as outcast in the community or as deficient in some way or incomplete uh, or um, you know they're not full human beings yet right they haven't fully uh, completed their humanity uh, because they haven't yet get, gotten married or or they got divorced and that's extremely wrong and and it's very unfair and it's very untrue because uh, if we look at for example one of the greatest women that ever uh, ever walked the earth as we're told by the prophet sallallahu maryam uh, she never got married and obviously she was not half a human being or or incomplete in the sense of uh, her her spirituality or her heart was not complete because she didn't get married that was not the means that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had chosen for her uh, it, it's a means for some people, but it was not for her. It was not chosen for her. It was not written for her. It didn't mean that she was an incomplete human being who had not yet fulfilled her purpose of creation. Now, uh, another consequence of making marriage the end instead of just a means is that a person will t do anything to achieve their end. So if you make your end something um, 
something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will be willing to sacrifice anything for that to achieve it. So for example, if my goal in life, if my end, my ultimate end is that I want to become a doctor, if that's my end and that's my ultimate goal, then I will do anything to achieve that, even if it means something displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Suppose in order to achieve that goal, I have to, um, my means of paying or financing my degree is something displeasing to Allah. Suppose if my ultimate goal is just be a doctor by any means necessary, I'll go ahead and do it. I'll go ahead and, and use a means that is displeasing to Allah to finance uh, my my career, to finance my degree. Because my ultimate goal is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My ultimate goal is being a doctor. Similarly, if my ultimate goal is I just need to get married, uh, and that's my ultimate goal, and it is not, and it is not Allah subhanahu wa taala, it is not for His sake. All of a sudden, I'll be willing to do anything for it, and I'll give you some very real, real examples. One example that we hear a lot is this idea of taking off the hijab or not wearing the hijab at all so that you can get married. And this just shows us what really is our goal and what are we uh, willing to do in order to achieve it. And it's very ironic because marriage itself is supposed to be something that brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet in order to achieve it, we do something that takes us away or we do something that displeases him. And this is this is turning everything around because we are supposed to be getting married for his sake and, and we say that it's 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 part of it's it's half our deen and yet at the same time we are doing something or we are achieving it or trying to achieve it in a way that is that is fu- that is fundamentally dis- displeasing to the one we we claim to be trying to please. Now that that in and of itself shows us where really is our goal and and what are we using as a means another very practical example has to do with sort of the things that we do uh in in our weddings for example as well uh, a lot of times you know even if if the if the bride wears hijab normally she may take it off for her wedding or she may you know sort of loosen it a little bit and again the idea is this focus on the wedding itself the focus on the the getting you know the marriage part of it and the and, and more so oftentimes the wedding itself although it's something that lasts a few hours and then it's over but we're willing to sacrifice things which are extremely valuable uh, things which are in fact priceless things that are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake we're willing to sacrifice it for the sake of this other other thing and and it just again it shows us where our priorities are and it's an indication that we need to reprioritize uh, when we take something that's supposed to be a means and make it an end it 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 brings about uh, our downfall because we are now willing to do anything to achieve our goal and we feel incomplete until we have done so uh, once we realize that actually our goal is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we'll no longer uh, have this this sort of insane obsession and focus on those who are not yet married. And, and a lot of times, uh, for example, parents of children who are not married yet or maybe who got divorced, they just, it's as if their life is over, you know, or, uh, you know, their their daughter or their son got divorced or 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 their daughter is you know she's she's 25 and she's not married yet and you know this this idea of like 
we might as well bury her now, right? Because she's she hasn't um, she hasn't gotten married. We really need to uh, change this concept that we have about marriage. A- a marriage, like all other things that we do according to the Sunnah and for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, is a means among other means to get to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But never ever should we make it the goal itself. Now, inshallah, I'm going to uh, open it up for for you know your questions and your discussion. Um, I I've received some questions at uh, the email which I will be speaking about, and uh, I, I'm also taking questions from the chat box. So you can go ahead and write your questions uh, in the chat box and your reflections about this this idea of you know right now we're speaking about what is marriage conceptually and how we need to reorganize how we view marriage. And then how we treat those people who are not yet married or those people who who were once married and are, are no longer married. And it's kind of just to, to sort of exemplify this point. Uh, I had heard that there was a, a, a comment made by by someone, a friend of mine had, had mentioned that she had heard this comment. And it, it, it went to something to the effect of, um, you know, if, if a woman is 27 and she's not, you know, married yet, she might as well just die or or she might as well. I mean, it's it's this idea that um, her purpose, you know, hasn't really if, if she's 27, she hasn't gotten married yet. She's you know, she, she has no purpose left. This is it's a very extreme statement, but I do think that it's uh, it, it does show a reality that we do have in our community and in our um, you know, in society at large, that this is this is her purpose, and if she's not able to fulfill that purpose, she has no other purpose. I want to remind you and myself that our purpose is to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Our purpose is to be a slave to our Creator. Our purpose is not uh, ultimately to get married or to be a mother or to be a husband or um, or to be a father, but rather our purpose is to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in the way that is most pleasing to him and for some for some people Allah has written one way and for other people Allah has written a different way and not everyone has the same identical path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is also something i think we get confused about a lot we see one path and we say i want that path to Allah and that's the only path to Allah and 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 that may not be the best path for me personally for example we have a lot of people uh, a lot of people who who share with me that they want to be a public speaker or they want to be a dai. And while this is a very noble path, it is not necessarily everybody's path. And so when we make the path itself our goal, that's when we really f- we, we fail and we fall and, and it actually can hurt us because it's, it may or may not be the best path for us. And there may be people who, who, you know, getting married may or may not be the path written for them. It may be not written for them now. It may be written for them later. Allah knows best. You know, we do our part, but we have to be very careful not to be attached to the path itself, but that our attachment ultimately is to the end. And that's reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best state, inshallah. Um, so one of the questions that I received uh, is is it okay to completely leave it to Allah to find someone for you, or should one be actively looking for a spouse? And let's see, uh, like I want to know the right attitude Muslims should have once they have reached the age of marriage. This is an excellent question, and I think that the answer to this question requires some some balance in order to find, I think, the right uh, approach. 
there is the aspect, and this brings us to the concept uh, of tawakkul as well, the concept of reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was a time uh, during the Prophet's time, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where there was a man and he had left his camel untied. When the Prophet asked him about it, he said he put his trust. The man who owned the camel said, I I didn't tie my camel because I put my trust in Allah. And the Prophet advised him, tie your camel and put your trust in Allah. And this is kind of the famous hadith that's used to talk about the, the balance between putting our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and acting and, and doing our part. And the way that, that we need to understand it is that tawakkul, reliance in Allah, on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you you know anything is, is an act of your heart. That tawakkul is something in your heart. That you, you put your trust in Allah. You know Allah is the source. You know Allah will take care of it. And, and so that's in your heart. That's your internal state. But externally, with your limbs and with your actions, you're still striving. So yes, you do still, you still can do your part. And, and in some cases, you must. Uh, in some cases, you know, it may or may not be, it may be optional. But there is no contradiction between striving with your, with your limbs and being in a state of tawakkul internally with your heart. The, a person may be actively seeking a spouse actively seeking a spouse you know in the in the way that is that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is halal and at the same time inside inside of them they are in a state of tawakkul meaning whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends I'm pleased with whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withholds I'm pleased with even though they are actively searching and they're actively you know trying but inside they're they're at peace with whatever ends up happening that is the that's the goal the goal is that inside of ourselves we would be at peace with whatever ends up happening, with whatever outcome Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends, we, we are pleased with. This doesn't contradict seeking it with your actions and seeking it with your limbs. So to, to clarify, yes, you can go about it, you can go ahead and you know seek it, but the problem that we have is that it becomes the obsession of our hearts. It becomes the obsession of our minds in the sense that it consumes us. It doesn't just become something that we're doing with our limbs, but it actually becomes something that fills our hearts, that we're, our hearts are full of this need, uh, this focus on marriage. And it's, we're willing to do pretty much, uh, we're willing to do a lot to, to, to get it. It becomes what we think about most of the day or all of the day. It becomes what distracts us during our salah. It becomes what's keeping us up at night. It becomes what's making us cry. It, it becomes the wrong focus. And and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy on all those who are seeking uh, this, this means to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make it easy for them to have the correct balance and have the correct focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This leads us to our first break. Inshallah, we'll take a short break. And when we return, there are a lot of questions on this topic. And inshallah, we will try to address some of them. Oh uh-huh. 
السلام عليكم. streaming live on one legacy radio so alhamdulillah <laughs> thanks to our tech person you, you got to hear backstage conversation um but basically uh the topic here we're talking about is marriage and um some people were asking <laughs> what were we talking about um i was saying we're all crazy about marriage um that subhanallah when we post uh something about um when we post something about marriage like if 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 we say the topic is marriage um you know so many people subhanallah today we have the highest listener record listenership that that we've ever had um you know and i was i was i was saying subhanallah if we were to post that it was about salah uh, if we were to post that that we were going to be talking about prayer or something like that we we wouldn't have as high of a listenership but subhanallah it does show us that that this is a this is a huge focus in our communities this is a huge focus uh of our hearts that this is really really important to us and it's understandable it definitely is understandable i remember um when i was a teenager <laughs> we'd always tell our halaka teacher okay talk about marriage like that was the topic we wanted to talk about every single day uh it it is true it's it's part of our human nature but what we really need to do is bring ourselves back to the proper focus uh put put marriage in its proper place inshallah as a means to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not the goal itself it is it is when when the prophet sallallahu says that that marriage is half our deen it definitely uh is our it is a half our deen and it's a way to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but this is this should not be confused uh, this should not be misunderstood as meaning that we are incomplete or we are half a person until we get married and and that when we get married now we're completed uh, this is this is a i i believe an improper way of understanding it there's no there's nothing of the creation that can complete you it's only allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your relationship with him that completes you and again i gave the example of maryam radhiyallahu anha she never got married but she was not an incomplete person she had her her very very strong relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah speaks about her in the quran in such a high way and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that she was one of the most perfect women uh, and so we know that it's not marriage itself that completes us and that's not the you know the proper understanding and allah knows best but it's our relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and alhamdulillah um marriage is is one of many means to achieve that now like i said we have alhamdulillah really really high listenership and uh we have lots of questions we will inshallah be having um you know other inshallah many other shows uh, about this topic because one show is definitely not enough there's so many questions so inshallah tune in again tomorrow we will be uh, continuing this discussion about marriage uh, the show airs live every day uh, monday through friday at 11 a.m. pacific standard time 6 p.m. gmt and we are live we will take your questions at serenity@onelegacyradio.com and we're also uh doing our best to keep up with the questions in the chat box inshallah um so one person writes in most islamic countries it's culturally believed that a daughter-in-law is there to serve her in-laws cook and clean and do as they say what are the rights in-laws have on the daughter-in-law especially please talk about this sister i actually wanted to 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 devote an entire show just to the concept of uh to the i to the um the topic of in-laws because it's such an important topic and i think that culturally it's been very misunderstood and and in a lot of ways abused uh perhaps so inshallah i will 
I will be, you know, having an entire show uh, devoted to that topic. So inshallah, stay tuned for that. Uh, you can get updates about what we'll be covering on my Facebook page and and um, Twitter. I also Twitter uh, on tweet as well. And and just just to kind of quickly address this issue, I think that the point that that this person makes is very valid. I think we do have, unfortunately, culturally, uh, some some injustice that happens in terms of how sometimes the daughter-in-law is treated Islamically. First of all, when a woman gets married or a man gets married, they do not divorce their own families. Islamically, uh, we, we spoke about this in an earlier show, the importance of keeping ties with one's family. No one should ever expect uh, or com- you know, tell uh, any person, the daughter-in-law or father-in-law, to cut off from their own family once they get married. This is un-Islamic, and it comes from, uh, you know, cultural cultural uh, roots that are that are completely against Islam. That the 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 daughter-in-law still is part of her family as well as being part of a new family. Uh, in addition to that, but she does not now divorce her family and no longer can talk with them or no longer, you know, keep keep ties with them. That's extremely important that we understand this. Uh, secondly the you know islamically we're supposed to be treating each other you know with fairness and justice and ihsan and ihsan is this beautiful way of 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 treating each other and in, when you're when you're when you're having one person in the family who's sort of treated differently and expected to do um you know, this this un unfair amount of work whereas you know other other parts of the family are not or maybe other siblings are not that's not the spirit of ihsan it's not the spirit of justice that that islam really um promotes so we we again will come back and we'll we'll speak more about that uh at length inshallah uh but just just something to keep in mind with regards to especially keeping ties with one's family that should never be cut just because a person gets married uh Next question: Can a woman ask a man for marriage if she thinks he is a good person? Is that it's moving so fast? Is that compatible with Islamic manners and the dignity of a woman? Uh, you know, there are basically two issues. There's the Islamic question, and then there's cultural norms. And uh, you know, as long as a cultural norm does not contradict Islam, it's okay to you know, to abide by some cultural norms. For example, uh, certain types of dress in, in some countries uh, are, you know, considered acceptable. In other countries, they would not. Uh, in, in Arab countries, a man wears a thawb, whereas, you know, in the United States, men don't dress like that, and it might be considered a dress. Uh, it, it doesn't, it, it's not something that's you know, when you're when you're in a certain culture, and as long as something is not contradictory, it's okay to be you know to wear it in one culture, and maybe another culture it's not acceptable. Similarly, when it comes to how um, a woman approaches a man or, or regarding marriage, in some cultures um, there there is a particular way that's you know considered sort of more acceptable than others. Islamically, though. Uh, is there something wrong with the woman approaching the man? As long as it's done in a halal way, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, we know that that Khadija radiallahu was the one who initiated, um, you know, the the idea of of marrying the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Islamically, we know there's nothing wrong as long as it's uh, again 
it's done in a halal way um, Islamically with regards to cultural norms it'll really depend on the time and place what's what's considered uh, you know going to be considered culturally inappropriate or, or not and, and it's of course it's up to you to abide by those cultural norms or not but I would say it's, it's, it's often wise to at least keep those in mind inshallah Um, someone here asks, Dear sister, please give me some advice about getting married to a non-Muslim man. I converted after marrying and have been together for 10 months. Um, he lets me pray and fast, and I'm the only Muslim in my city. <clears throat> well, he, here here now we, we get into, and I, I like to, inshallah, get at the heart of, of the issue. Here, I think we, we are getting going to get at an issue of sacrifice, an issue of uh, what are we willing to give up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And first, what we what we have to say is this. What does it mean to be a Muslim to begin with? What does it mean to say that I have enslaved myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Well, let's think about what it means to be a slave. Uh, a slave is someone who does whatever their master says. And a slave is someone who says, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا but in this case, we're not being, we have not enslaved ourselves to some oppressive ruler or some oppressive master who's just on a power trip. We, we are enslaved. We are slaves to the Lord of the universe, the one who is the most just and the most merciful and the most loving and the most wise. And anything that our master tells us to do, it means by definition that it's best for us. It means by definition that it is for our own good. And anything that our master tells us to stay away from, it means by definition that it is not for it, it is harmful to us, that it's actually for our own in our own best interest to stay away from it. Now having heard that and understand that, now what we need to do is look at the next question is what does my master say? What does what does the Lord of the universe say in this regard? And the answer is, in this regard, it is not allowed for a Muslim woman to marry a non-Muslim man. And this is something, again, if we understand it in the proper context, that this is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is coming from the one who knows me best, who knows my world, knows everything of his creation best, and knows what's best for us. So if we obey this commandment of our creator, we are actually only helping ourselves. Anything that we do in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not harming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only harming me. I'm just harming myself. Allah does not need me to follow his rules in the sense Allah loves for me to follow his rules. Allah wants us to, but he wants these things for our own good. We don't we don't increase his kingdom by being good slaves. We don't increase his kingdom by following his rules. And we don't decrease his kingdom by being by being disobedient. We're only shooting ourselves in the foot. We really need to understand this. So here, this is this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear and it is for our own good. Another aspect of this is that although this is for our own good, Allah still rewards us. And Allah tells us and we're taught that any time that we, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, takes something from us or we sacrifice something for his sake, it is replaced with something better. Uh, the Prophet spoke about situations where something happens that we, you know, a calamity or a hardship or anything really can fall under this category. Something that's difficult for us or something that's taken or something that, that we have to give up. And he says that if we respond in the right way, 
it will be replaced with something better. So sister, I guarantee if you, you know, give up this, this, this act, which is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of being with a non-Muslim man, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace it with something better, inshallah ta'ala. This person asks, the, you talk a lot about how Allah should fill the void in our hearts, but could you please comment about, but could you please comment on finding emotional fulfillment from your spouse? Shouldn't a spouse be emotionally available and be your best friend? I am struggling with this as I feel neglected by my husband and now want a divorce. <laughs> well, bismillah. Um, I would say that this is an issue that a lot of women go through. And it's something that I think it would be wise for a lot of men to understand as well. And, and that is that, subhanAllah, you know, different people have different emotional needs. Each spouse has uh, their own emotional needs and their own, you know, their own needs, basically. Um, and I think that it's really important to understand, first of all, and I'm just going to talk about this on, on this level. It's very important to understand that as a spouse, you have to do your best to fulfill the needs of your of your spouse. And for example, we talk a lot about, and we have so much focus when we talk about marriage, about physical needs, right? Uh, that, you know, the woman and or man need to fulfill the physical needs of the spouse. And this is, while this is very true, and there's a lot of, you know, of course, there's a great importance uh, to that. But I think a lot of times this aspect is ignored, and that's the aspect of emotional needs. Uh, for, for maybe for one of the spouses, it's more important than the other. But this need is just as important as the physical need. And the fulfillment of the emotional needs uh, is just as important as the fulfillment of the physical needs. And it should not be neglected. The neglect of the, f of the emotional needs, actually, as this, as this person um, commented as well, it, it can break, completely break relationships. If, you know, it's, it's just like a person... Uh, you know, if you if if you if a, if a person came and and told the sheikh, my uh, spouse is refusing to fulfill my physical needs, um, most people would say, you know, that's very unjust, right? That's 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 not right. That that that's one of the rights that a spouse has on their on their on their spouse. But I think that the you know if, if somebody comes and says, well, I'm being completely neglected emotionally and. And um, I have no companionship and and they are, you know, completely neglecting my emotional needs. No one really cares. <laughs> um, that's just considered something that's just not important. And and this is really we need to wake up and understand how important this is. And I and and I can say uh, that that I have seen many situations that do end up in divorce because of this exact reason. Uh, men and women need to understand that that there are physical needs and there are also emotional needs and and those are you know just as important to be fulfilled uh having said that i i want to speak uh at 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 a deeper level here at a spiritual level and that is when we talk about filling the heart with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way i want you to see it is that your primary your primary need your ultimate need i.e. that thing with the, that thing which you cannot live without that thing which if it's taken away you can't go on it should never be anything that has to do with the creation 
it should never be anything except you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we talk about filling the heart and we talk about filling the void and we talk about making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our ultimate attachment, what are we really saying? We're saying that only one thing should be what I can't live without. Yeah, getting companionship, having, you know, that strong friendship with my husband, that's really great. That's incredibly great and incredibly important. But is it a primary and absolute need with which I cannot live without? And when I say I cannot live without, um, I don't necessarily mean whether or not the relationship will work out. That That's a different issue. But I'm talking about my survival as a human being should not be dependent on the creation. My survival as a human being, emotionally, psychologically, in every way, internally, should only be dependent on my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not on any other relationship. Does that mean that those other relationships aren't important? No, absolutely not. They are important and these are rights and these are and all of that. But ultimately I should get to a place where my 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 complete fulfillment, my ultimate fulfillment is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that I am not in need of it from someone else. Again, um we we the the real sort of liberation I would say it's it's like it's like the 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 companion who who went to the he, he went to bring Islam to this town and he said I have come to free you from the servitude to the slave and bring you to the servitude of the lord of the slave that that is really what freedom is to be able to not be dependent on whether or not this person's going to pay attention to me today or whether or not this person's going to be in a bad mood or in a good mood or is going to talk to me or isn't that yes we we all love to have you know to be to be loved and we all love to have that very strong connection with people in our lives those people that we love but suppose it doesn't happen suppose that you know or or one day it's not there or 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 maybe it's taken away what then are we are we able to still find fulfillment are we able to still be full inside and that's really what we're talking about that it is something we want it is something we love but ultimately it's a gift rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyyatina qurrata ayun waj'alna lil muttaqina imama one of the duas in the quran says rabbana hab lana our lord hab lana from hiba gift us it's give us but it's a gift that you know and and you see here this word hiba and we know that the the attribute of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that goes along with this is al-wahhab al-wahhab is the one who loves to give gifts so we're asking in this dua oh oh allah oh our lord hablana give us the gift rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyyatina qurrata from our spouses and our children the coolness of our eyes it's a gift that 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 Allah would make your spouse and your children the coolness of your eyes but think about it it's a gift it's not an absolute necessity it's not something that i i cannot live without it's not something that fills me in the sense that i am empty without it but my fill should be from my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and these other things are gifts we love to have gifts but we do not depend on the gift Inshallah, we will take another short break. Alhamdulillah, again, we have a lot of questions. Um, please continue to uh, stay involved. And when we return, we'll take some of your questions on the topic of marriage.
Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. I want to remind those people who are maybe new uh, listening today that Serenity is a daily show. We stream live every day, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, 6 p.m. GMT. We 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 uh, are live at the same time every day, Monday through Friday, and we are taking your questions every day. So this is uh, this is an opportunity for people to to write in. You can write your questions to Serenity at OneLegacyRadio.com. Uh, we also take your questions on the chat box, and we will, inshallah, be opening the lines coming up as well. So this is actually a show for you, uh, the listener, uh, to to get your issues your questions and to address those inshallah um inshallah in 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 the in the best you know the the way where uh our focus is and our lens is is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and and our path to him inshallah i also want to let the listeners know that inshallah i actually have some uh sort of exciting news as well uh i have um I'm going to be, um, inshallah, launching my first book, inshallah. It's going to be available on August 10th, inshallah. So now it's uh, about a week and a half away. Uh, This is a collection of my writing over the last, um, something I've basically been writing over the last 10 years or so. And it's called Reclaim Your Heart. Inshallah, it will, I will be uh, giving you more details about how to order it, and I'll be posting it on Facebook as well, uh, inshallah. But just something to, uh, to kind of look out for August 10th, inshallah. Uh, I just, um, you know, kind of set, we just set that date, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, you know, bringing us back to this topic of marriage, uh, like I said, it's going to be many, many shows to, to kind of try to cover many of these questions. Uh, but one question I think uh, brings about a, brings up a, a good question. And that is, uh, it says, I was married about a year ago, but unfortunately it didn't work out because my husband was bringing my man down. He had bad habits such as drinking, gambling. I got a divorce because I was going further from Allah. Did I do the right thing by leaving him or should I have had sabr? Um, this question brings me to a related question again about the what I think is a misunderstanding of the concept of sabr. Sabr usually translated as patience. Sabr does not mean pa- being passive. Sabr does not mean doing nothing. That's not sabr. Sabr is perseverance and constancy and and patience but you can be in fact when you are acting when you are taking a step when you are doing something actively you also need sabr that's where sabr is needed as well you know there's this concept that sabr means that i don't act sabr means that i'm being passive and i'm allowing things to continue to happen and i don't do anything about it it's this you know i just um sort of just letting it happen and, and, and letting people treat me how, however they want because I want to have sabr. But rather, uh, when you act, you need sabr. And, and, I, and I got a similar question also uh, related to this about an engagement that was broken off because they saw some, some bad characteristics in the, in the potential spouse. 
and the 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 reader was asking uh the listener was asking should i not have broken it off and did i displease allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by breaking it off and should i should i have instead had sabr and again this concept of sabr meaning don't act meaning stay passive meaning allow anything to happen and 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 allow yourself to be in any situation and don't make any action to change it that is not islamic that is Uh, and and oftentimes that can actually be because of weakness and because of fear uh fear of something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala maybe fear of a person maybe fear of what people are going to say but at the root of it it it, it sometimes is not even um it's not even necessarily done for Allah's sake but maybe i'm just afraid to act or maybe i'm afraid of change or maybe i'm afraid of what people are going to say but the fact that you're able to make um to take a stand and and to stand up for what's right that takes sabr and to make an action for what's right if something if you're in a situation and it is abusive or it is harmful for you and you and you make a change an active change to change to 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 get out of that situation that requires sabr you need sabr in order to do that in order to even achieve that that's sabr so seeking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help but not being passive. Islam is not about being passive. Islam is about being active and taking an active role in trying to change things that are wrong. The Prophet ﷺ said that if you see something wrong, you should try to change it with your hand. And if you cannot, then speak out against it, um you know, change it with your tongue by speaking out against it or at least hate it in your heart, and that is the weakest of faith. This is this is not a religion that teaches us to be passive about wrongdoing. This is not a religion that teaches us to be passive about abuse or 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 just, you know, when we see something oppressive in one way or another, but rather we're supposed to be taking an active role in trying to change it. If that means that I need to um you know, if I'm the one in that situation, I'm the one being oppressed, I should not just sit around and allow that to happen. So taking out and re defining the concept of sabr uh does not mean that now you punched me in one cheek hey let me give you the other cheek because i'm patient <laughs> here go ahead and punch me again no that's uh, you know this is not the 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 sense that we're taught by our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he's telling you to try to make it make a change try to change it with your hand uh if not with your tongue and at the very least hate it in your heart if you cannot change it then at the very least you should hate it in your heart I think I have time for maybe one more question but like I said I I encourage you please um you know you can tune back in tomorrow um inshallah we will continue this discussion on marriage and and we will take as many shows as as is necessary to really uh inshallah take a try to try to address your questions these are a lot of very very good questions um tomorrow inshallah at the same time we will also be continuing this discussion and taking your questions This question says, why is it that the majority of guys tend to become disloyal after a few years of marriage? Uh as a single girl, this really scares me and it's affecting me uh meeting potential guys after all. Is this what we wait for all our life? What can we do to prevent this from happening? A lot of issues in this question. Um one about uh being disloyal, uh one about about um you know it, it just being a guy thing and then second about waiting for it your whole life i want to start from the last point just to reiterate 
we we need to stop waiting for marriage our whole life. We need to stop making marriage the ending, you know, the happily ever after. Uh, I live my whole life, and then at the end, you know, there's this. Um, it's like the, you know, at the end of the rainbow, there's there's marriage. That's not what marriage is. Marriage is the beginning. It's not the ending. Marriage is the beginning of a road, and it's sometimes a very tough, challenging road to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It isn't where Jannah begins. It isn't, um, you know, that point where uh, everything now becomes perfect because now I'm, you know, my I, I've I've gotten married. And Subhanallah, I just actually posted an article. This is love about this exact. Uh, concept of marriage that we have I posted it on my Facebook and and it's it's this idea that you know marriage is is where we're waiting our whole life you know as as girls or or as as men um, or as boys growing up you know there's this fantasy right about the wedding about and sometimes it's just about the wedding um, but the wedding and the marriage and um, that's the first issue is that this shouldn't be something that we're making you know this ending in in our path um, but just just one of the paths inshallah if Allah wills it the other question is about disloyalty um, first of all it's not it's not just of course um, only men who who can be disloyal but it brings us to the issue of of what are you marrying for and and it brings us to the issue of how do you choose a spouse uh, someone else brought up in the chat box the importance of choosing a spouse not just for yourself but for your for your future children and there's a quote that i really like where it says that you you want to choose a a a husband that you would be proud you 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 want to choose a husband that you would be proud of having a son just like that you that you want to choose a wife that you would be proud to have a daughter that grows up to be just like that that that's the type of person that you should try to um you know try to to look for in a spouse and so looking for character ultimately in the spouse and not just the external uh whether it's looks or money or status but making sure that you are seeking someone for their good character and for deen and that's really what's going to matter and inshallah inshallah ta'ala prevent such things from happening aqulu qawli hadha wastaghfirullah li wa lakum innahu ghafurur rahim inshallah tune in tomorrow wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh